Good morning. God bless you. What a wonderful privilege to be together again this morning, exalting Jesus, magnifying the Father, and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. I know and I believe very strongly that it is well with you, well with your family, and well with all that concerns you. I pray in the name of Jesus that as we advance towards the end of this year, the Lord will sustain you, the Lord will keep you, the Lord will protect you, the Lord will guide all your steps and lead you in the way you should go. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Yes, we've been talking about sacrifice and this morning I want to share with us on the power of sacrifice. The power of sacrifice. There are a few interesting facts about sacrifice that God's people must understand and keep in mind. And the first interesting fact is that every form of sacrifice surely, I repeat, surely triggers a corresponding response in the spirit. The demand for sacrifice is a spiritual principle that is required from both the godly or ungodly. That is to say, no man, no man can operate in dimensions of the spirit without sacrifice. Sacrifice powers. It powers the realms of the supernatural. It has the ability to provide access to some dimensions in the spirit that natural abilities and capabilities cannot afford. I was inspired by the Lord to take a walk with my wife almost at midnight a few years ago in our city. And as we walked through the bank of the Mass Haven River close to our home, we suddenly heard a humming sound coming from a very pitch dark corner along the pathway. I looked and behold, an Asian man was in a strange posture, conjuring and invoking spirit. Friends, it was pretty cold and this man was sitting with his face towards the river. And as soon as I saw the man, the Lord spoke. The Lord spoke the following words into my heart. Men in darkness are able to give up their comfort, to perpetrate their evil and satanic agenda. But my people look for every form of excuses, every form of excuses to avoid leaving their comfort zone, to pay the price, the price to reclaim their cities, their families, and their land for Jesus. Psalm 50 verse 5. Psalm 50 verse 5. Gather my sins together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The quality of your sacrifice can determine the strength of the response you get in the realms of the supernatural. Second Kings chapter 3. Verse 26. 2 Kings chapter 3 from verse 26. 
I want to establish to us by the word of God that sacrifice can change the dynamics of a spiritual battle. It can change the dynamics. It can make a battle, a spiritual battle, go in your favor or go against you. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 26, And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him, he was engaging the children of Israel in battle, and the battle became too strong for him. He was, he was losing. He was on the losing side. And when he discovered, when he saw that the battle was too fierce, too difficult for him, he took with him 700 men who drew swords to break through to the king of Edom. But they could not. They could not. Then he took his eldest son, who would have reigned in his place, and offered him as a bunch offering upon the wall and there was great indignation against Israel. So they departed from him and returned to their own land. They departed from him and returned to their own land. The Amplified Version of the Bible renders verse 27 this way. Verse 27 from the Amplified Version, it says, and I read, Then the king of Moab took his eldest son, who was to reign in his place, and offered him publicly as a burnt offering to Chemosh on the city wall, horrifying everyone. And there was great wrath against Israel and Israel's allies, Judah and Edom, withdrew from King Jehoram and returned to their own land. Wow. Wow. The king of Moab was losing the war against the children of Israel. And the Bible tells us that as he was hard-pressed against the wall, and the war became more intense, he took his eldest son and publicly sacrificed him to his own God. That was the heir apparent to the throne. That was the young man that should have taken over from him after his death. That was the son of his right hand. Strong and was with him in battle. My goodness. He took his strength. He took his pride, his friend, and sacrificed him. Although it was an ungodly, satanic sacrifice, it achieved the purpose. Oh yes, it achieved the purpose. The sacrifice provoked a great wrath, anger, indignation against the children of Israel. And they immediately withdrew. And the king returned to his land. Every form of sacrifice has the capacity to provoke some kind of response. That is why you cannot afford to be a man without sacrifice. You can't afford to be a woman, a youth, a young fellow without sacrifice. Listen, it may feel as though you are losing the battle for your marriage or your ministry or your children. You might even be losing the battle for your health, for your business. And it appears as though the enemy is prevailing, dearly beloved. I charge you to set apart a spiritual sacrifice. Personal, that will provoke a spirit, supernatural reaction from heaven. Daniel was on his knees waiting on God for 21 days. He had no pleasant food 
as he waited on God. That was his sacrifice. Yes, that was his sacrifice. He wanted to know matters concerning the future state of Israel, his beloved nation. But from the day, the Bible says, from the day he set his heart to seek the Lord, heaven heard his word. He had not spoken them out yet. He only set his heart. He only prepared his heart. He only set himself to engage the force of sacrifice. That is the beauty of the sacrifice in God's kingdom. The day you make up your mind to genuinely sacrifice and seek the Lord is the day your heart cry is hard in heaven. Your intention to sacrifice provokes an instant response in heaven. The physical manifestation of heaven's response may take some time, but it will surely come through. Oh yes, it will surely come through. A Gentile king in the Bible was so scared about the growth and expansion of the children of Israel as they journeyed towards their promised land. So he invited and called a prophet, a prophet called Balaam, to come cast God's people, to cast the Israelite so that it could prevail over them. You can read more about this in Numbers chapter 22, chapter 23. He finally got the disobedient prophet on his side. So let's read what happened in Numbers chapter 23, verse 1 to 3. Then Balaam said to Balak, build seven altars for me here and prepare for me here seven bulls. And seven rams. And Balak did just as Balaam had spoken. And Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand by your burnt offering. Stand by your sacrifice. Stand by, and I will go, perhaps. Perhaps, look at that. Perhaps, I will go. This is a prophet walking in disobedience, but he said, build an altar, sacrifice on it. I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me. And whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a desolate height and God met Balaam. I repeat, God met Balaam and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars and I've offered on each altar a bull and a ram. What is interesting to note from that passage of scripture is that the sacrifice was intended to provoke a response from God. Perhaps, he said, perhaps, perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, the prophet said. And indeed, God met him. The Bible says God met him. Although God was not pleased with him, yet God met him and changed the curse in his mouth into blessings. If the sacrifice of unserious, disobedient king and prophet, a collaboration of foolishness and nonsense, provoked an encounter with God, what shall we say? What shall we say? of the sacrifice of faithful, dedicated, powerful, lovely, and amazing sons and daughters of God filled with the Spirit 
like you. Shall we conclude this morning with a New Testament example as we turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 10, from verse 1 to 4, I'm just laying the foundation on the power of sacrifice. Because it seems as though the church seems to be taking this for granted in this generation. Acts chapter 10 from verse 1 to 4, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Your prayers and your arms, your giving, have come up for a memorial before God. Cornelius, a Gentile centurion, was consistent in sacrifice to God over a period of time, even when he did not know the Lord. It was boring. It was like a routine. It was like a conventional standard protocol that continued for so long, yet it was consistent. He kept praying. He kept giving. As a matter of fact, he prayed and gave alms and even fasted, he claimed, until his sacrifice provoked a physical visitation of an angel. I'm not talking about dream. An angel came down from heaven who came specially from heaven to give him the address of a man called Peter in Joppa. A man he never met, nor heard of. My God, my God, wow. My dear, how many tongue-speaking believers have experienced a physical visitation or intervention of angels in our generation today? How many? When last did you, you listening to me, when last did you experience a physical touch of the angel or a heavenly being visiting you, encouraging you, challenging you, providing clear direction, purpose for you concerning your business, regarding your marriage, regarding your ministry, regarding your health, regarding the souls that God has committed into your hands, regarding your calling, How can a man who did not know God experience what Peter experienced in the prison of Herod? Just like the angel came physically from heaven to deliver Peter out of prison by reason of the sacrifice of the brethren of the disciples in the house of Mary. So also, the routine sacrifice of Cornelius produced a similar spiritual encounter manifestation that changed his life and his family 
forever. Dearly beloved, what is the demand of sacrifice that heaven has laid upon your heart? I want to remind you by those words that therein, in that sacrifice, lies the power of God. In that sacrifice lies the grace and the glory and the fire and the anointing and that which you have earnestly desired of the Lord. So get up, my friend. Get up and get out of the comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. It's now time to know the deal you have with the Lord and look away from what others are doing around you. Get up. Get out of the comfort zone and trust God for grace to help you fulfill that sacrifice. I heard of Kenneth Hagin yesterday that every year he read the New Testament 150 times. 150 times in one year. My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. What's the sacrifice that heaven is demanding from you? Gather my saints, gather my people, my saints unto me. Those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. I commend you to God this morning and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. As you prepare for the Christmas celebration and vacation, I pray for the grace and the hand of the Lord to be strong upon your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.